Welcome to the FaithBridge Sermons Podcast. Today's sermon is brought to you by Bible teacher Dan Slagle and was recorded on Sunday, February 19th, 2023. And hey, if you're ever in the area, join us on Sunday on campus at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. and come say hi in person. You can also follow us on Instagram at, at FaithBridge to see what goes on during the week. And as always, you can join us every Sunday for our online service called FaithBridge Live at faithbridge.org live. Here's Dan. Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Ridge. We're so glad you're worshiping with us today, whether you're here in our live service, in our communion service, or if you're coming to us online. It's good to have you with us. We're starting a brand new sermon series, a mini sermon series on spiritual gifts. And as Tyler so vividly demonstrated, not everyone is completely clear on what spiritual gifts are. Uh, for some of us, it's, it's a phrase that we've heard because we've, we've been in church, but uh, if we were put on the spot, we might be hard-pressed to clearly identify what we're talking about, somewhat like, uh, you know, cryptocurrency. People talk about it, but nobody really knows what <laughs> cryptocurrency is. Well, that's what we want to tackle, and in Today's message, uh, we want to take uh, an overview, an an introductory look at spiritual gifts, what they are, uh, the purpose that they serve, and how it is that God wants to use the gifts that he imparts to each one of us. We're going to be looking, uh, referencing several different scripture passages throughout the message, but in particular, we will be in 1 Peter chapter 4. If you want to go ahead and turn there, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. Our ushers are coming down the aisle. They'll be glad to give you one. That can be yours to keep if you do not presently own a Bible. Let's, uh, Let's pray and then we will jump right in. Father, how grateful we are that we can gather here in your house that we have the freedom and the privilege to do so without fear, that we can lift up the name of your son Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit and worship him. We pray now that as we turn to your written word, your Holy Spirit would come just as you promised to be our teacher and to guide us into all truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen. For some, anytime uh, something is labeled spiritual, there is uh, an immediate sense of of wariness, defensiveness, maybe even concern. What what are we talking about spiritual? That word gets tossed around a whole lot and means different things in different contexts. You know, I've heard celebrities say things like, well, you know, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I am spiritual whatever that means. For some people, uh, the word spiritual uh, leans toward the mysterious, the mystical. Things are not completely in our control. Maybe it's even something to be a little bit afraid of. Uh, Some people would put it in the category of the woo-woo. Well, I'm happy to report that when it comes to spiritual gifts, there's there's nothing woo-woo about it. It's actually a very normal part of the Christian life. And that's what we want to look at today. What, what do spiritual gifts mean for you and for me in a very practical sense? 
in the biblical context, the word spiritual simply refers to the source of the gifts, the giver, the Holy Spirit. And the gifts part, of course, is, is what he gives, that which we receive from him. And so a, a simple definition of spiritual gifts would be uh, a particular talent or ability given to every believer by the Holy Spirit for his purposes. I'll say that again. A particular talent or ability given to every believer, to each believer, by the Holy Spirit to accomplish his purposes. Now, in the New Testament, there are four chapters in the Bible that deal primarily with this whole topic of spiritual gifts, and they are Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. I would encourage you in the coming weeks to take a look at those chapters, to get familiar with them, to understand them a little better, because uh, over the next several weeks, Pastor Ken is going to begin to drill down deep into these passages and begin to look specifically at particular gifts, helping us understand what they are and how they are to be manifest in the lives of believers. But as I mentioned earlier, today is the 30,000-foot view, the introductory view of spiritual gifts, beginning to understand what they are, what is their purpose, and how does God want to use them in our lives. And to guide our thinking, we're going to look at 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 and 11. Peter writes, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, the first thing that I notice when I read that passage is the assumption that Peter has that each and every believer has a gift or gifts, plural. Each of you, he says, not to those of you that might have, to, to some of you, to the special spiritually select or to the prepaid uh, professionals. No, nothing like that. He's just talking to a local body of believers and saying, look, each of you have a gift. It is a part of the normal Christian experience that when we step into a relationship with Jesus, when we become a part of the larger body of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit imparts to us a particular talent, ability, an inclination, a passion for something that he aims for us to use, to use for his purposes. Nobody gets to sit on the sideline in the kingdom of God. That is not God's plan at all. Everybody has a role to play in the life of the kingdom, in accomplishing God's purposes. As Pastor Ken uh, is fond of saying, you know, nobody can do everything, but everybody can do something. And it's a part of the legacy of Faith Bridge Church that from the very beginning, back when, when Pastor Ken was meeting with that first handful of folks in his apartment living room, we would all have something to do. 
Everybody has something to contribute, an act of service, an opportunity to show forth God's goodness, God's love, God's grace, as Peter says, by exercising whatever gift it is that he has given to us. Now, unfortunately, you and I live in a culture that pushes back against that mentality. You and I live in a spectator-oriented culture. Thousands, tens of thousands of people will gather in a stadium, just like they did last week, to watch 22 guys do their deal out on the field. And we will pay sports figures and entertainers vast sums of money so that we can watch them do their thing. And, and we will pay vast sums of money to be able to watch them do their thing. Even this experience right here is a spectator-oriented experience. That's not necessarily a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with being a spectator unless that's all you are. Because that's not God's plan for any of his believers. There's something for all of us to do. And all of us have been gifted to do that something. My parents are now 96 years old. And for the most part, they are homebound. But right up until about two years ago, uh, active service was their byword. That was the motto they lived by. For... <laughs> 70 plus years, all throughout their adult lives, they were actively involved in their local church in a wide capacity of roles. My dad has been a greeter and an usher and the unpaid maintenance man around that building. My mom has taught Sunday school for over 60 years. They delivered meals on wheels. Uh, my father was a part of a ministry that uh, cut firewood for those in the community that weren't able to get out and do it for themselves. And about six or seven years ago, we were visiting with them and, and I was just listening to them talk about all the things they were involved in at that point. And I said, so tell me, Daddy, why, why do you and Mama serve like that? Why have you done that all, all your lives? He kind of paused and looked at me and said, well, because that's our church. Uh, he, he didn't say it, but his tone essentially said, numbskull? <laughs> Didn't you go to seminary? We belong to a church. That's, that's what you do when you're a part of a local church. It, it, it brings about a sense of ownership that I'm not just a dabbler. I'm not just someone who sits, comes in here and sits down and watches everybody else do everything, reaps all the benefits, and then goes home. No, I'm, I'm here because I'm called to be here. I've been gifted to be here, and I've got something to contribute. I've got something I am supposed to do. And so if you're sitting here today or if you're within the sound of my voice, wherever you are, and you are a Christ follower, you have been given a gift or gifts. And God's expectation is that you are going to use those gifts, not to put on the shelf, not to rust, but to be used. Each one of us, Peter says. Now, a second observation I make about Peter's uh, words on spiritual gifts is that we are stewards, faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Now, we all know that a steward is not an owner. 
A steward is someone who takes care of something for somebody else. A steward is someone who receives responsibility and exercises that responsibility and accomplishes the task, whatever those may be, on behalf of the owner. And God is expecting that we will properly steward the gifts that he has given to us, that we will use them effectively, that we will use them for his purposes. But let me expand your understanding of of stewardship regarding spiritual gifts. Some people think, oh, okay, I've got my spiritual gift. It's to use in my church life. Here in the building on a Sunday or perhaps on a mission trip or in local missions, it's it's, got to be church related, but that's not the case at all. God is expecting that we will steward, that we will use our spiritual gifts in every area of our life. God doesn't want to just sanctify a part of us. He wants to sanctify all of us. And so he gives us these gifts to be used on his behalf, both within the life of the church and out in the community as well. It's been my observation that a proper utilization of our spiritual gifts outside the walls of the church is a wonderful way to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, sometimes even without words to begin to communicate God's love through acts of service, doing whatever it is God has enabled us to do. My wife, Becky, is uh, an individual who has the gift of service. All her life long, if, if there is a need, she is on it. It's almost like she can't help it. She is gonna do whatever needs to be done in order to meet that need. She loves to serve other people. And certainly she has done it within the life of Faith Bridge Church and the other places where we have served, but by no means has that gift been limited to church life. She also happens to be a nurse. Now, perhaps you're thinking, well, of course, nurses serve. That's what they do. Yes, absolutely, that's what they do. But it is nowhere written in Becky's job description that she is to go the extra mile, that she is to serve with love that she is to invest a part of her heart in the lives of her patients and her patients' families. And I can't tell you the number of times during the years that we've been married that families have become attached to us through Becky because Becky was showing the love of Jesus above and beyond what she did as a nurse, just as one human being to another, as a Christ follower to someone who perhaps didn't know Jesus. And not in every instance has she even had to mention the name of Jesus. She simply had to show his love. And it has drawn people in. She's been doing it now for over 30 years. And we've got Christmas cards come in every year from families long since ago, long time ago, who still remember you were the person who showed us love when we were at our worst, when we were fearful for the future. There you were. You can take your gift and use it anywhere and use it as a witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Just last week, I had an opportunity to use my spiritual gift to prevent an international incident. You laugh. So I was flying home from India and had to come through Frankfurt. And in the Frankfurt airport, there's multiple terminals 
And if you change terminals in the course of changing flights, you have to go through security again. I had about 30 minutes to make my connection. And so I am hustling from terminal A to terminal Z. Literally. I get to terminal Z. And of course, there's this long line of people waiting to go through security. I finally get up to the front and there's this uh, electronic sign and the sign says uh, 11, 12, 13, 4, whatever lane it is you're supposed to get in, it tells you. And then they also have a, a red vested monitor there. In case you don't understand the sign, he tells you 11, 12, 13. So I'm waiting my turn and 13 pops up and Mr. Red Vest says that way, 13. So I walk down the little hallway and I get to lane number 13 and the Red Vest down there looks up at me and goes, what are you doing here? I said, I'm going through security. He said, not here, you're not. This is for people in wheelchairs, people with kids, strollers, those kind of things. Go back. All right. So I go back down to Red Vest number one what are you doing here? I said, your buddy down there told me to come back here. No, I don't care what he said. You go to 13. I go down to 13. And Mr. Red Vest at 13 looks up and says, oh, okay. You're going to be that way about it, huh? I said, look, I'm just trying to make my flight. And neither one of you can seem to make up your mind. And then suddenly... It dawned on me, I have been told I have the spiritual gift of wisdom. <laughs> and wisdom is screaming in my ear right now, shut up. Because everything within me wants to say, look, you red vested. But I didn't. I just said, Lord, you're the one that called me on this trip. I'm going to trust that you'll be the one that gets me home. And eventually I did get through security and I did make my flight. But I'll have you know that today there are thousands of people all over the globe who have no idea they made it home on time because I listened to the voice of wisdom, <laughs> exercised my spiritual gift and did not create an international incident at the Frankfurt airport. All of which is to say, spiritual gifts aren't just for the spiritual places in our lives. They're for all of life and can be used by God in any circumstance. Now, finally, why does God give us these gifts? What, what's his purpose in imparting these gifts to us? Certainly not for our own benefit, Certainly not to advance our own cause. No, God gives us these gifts for his purposes. Last week, I was returning from my 25th trip to the nation of India, 25 times over the last 15 years. And each of those trips uh, you know, had their own unique experiences and memories, but all of them, all 25, one thing in common. And that one thing I refer to as the question. The question. 
am I really making a difference here? Does it really matter what I'm doing? I mean, after all, India is the most populous nation on earth, 1.4 billion people, only 2% of which make any claim at all of Christianity. And there is poverty and disease and a lack of education on a scale that most of us cannot comprehend. And I'm there three, maybe four times a year, typically about 10 days at a whack. Lord, am I really making a difference? It just seems so overwhelming sometimes. But I've heard that very same question uttered right here on this campus. Does it really matter that on a Sunday I'm handing out donuts and coffee? I mean, really? Am I making a real difference by serving in kids' ministry? Is it really making an impact? God, are you accomplishing something truly when I serve in that thankless parking ministry where people don't want to be told where to park? (laughs) Act childish when they are. It rains, it's cold, it's hot. Really? Yes. Yes, it does. And I can say yes on the basis of God's word. It's God's word that says yes, not Pastor Dan. It's God's word. Because God's word says we do all of these things that God may be praised To him be the glory forever and ever. You see, when it comes to exercising our spiritual gifts, it's it's not the task itself that matters. It's not whatever the task may accomplish that matters. It's who gave us the task that matters. It's who gave us the job that matters. We're not doing it for ourselves. We're not doing it for numbers. We're not necessarily doing it for tangible results in the moment. We're doing it because God has asked us to do it. And he has said in his word, when you do what I've asked you to do, it brings me glory. And friends, I don't think it's a big leap of the imagination for us to consider that God is up to things that have never entered our minds And he's doing things in and through us that he frankly doesn't feel the responsibility to report in on to us. He's got his designs, he's got his plans and they're far beyond anything any of us could fully comprehend. But here's the miracle, he invites us to be a part of it. And I trust that one day in eternity, it will come clear and we will understand. But in the moment, nope. I'm doing what I'm told. My dad was on a destroyer in World War II out in the middle of the Pacific. And he's told me any number of times he never knew where he was. He was on a destroyer. That's all he knew. And he did what his commanding officer told him to do. 
And he did it faithfully because he trusts that his commanding officer, who had been told by his commanding officer, who had been told by the admiral of the fleet, who had been told by the people back in Washington, this is what we do. There's a plan here. And it's all working toward something. And in a similar way, friends, we've got our responsibilities in the kingdom of God. And sometimes we'll get to see the results right then and there. And in other times, we may not see them until we're with God. But either way, it doesn't matter because it's not about us. It's about him. And it's particularly easy, I think, to do what he's asked us to do when we consider what he has done for us. You know, Jesus came to earth with responsibilities too. Primary among them was earning salvation for you and for me. Going to a cross and dying in our place that we might experience new life that we might come to know the living God and no longer be separated him because of our foolish sin. He fulfilled his responsibility and our lives are changed forever. I don't think it's much of an ask when God says, I've given you this gift and I need you to use it and I need you to use it right here, right now. That's what we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks, and I'm excited about it. I think um, God has got big plans ahead for Faith Bridge, as he always does. But they'll only come to pass as we all pitch in and do what he's called us to do. And so I want to give you a little homework as we look toward the next few weeks. Don't worry. It's kind of fun, actually. First of all, uh, one of the ways we can begin to get a clue about what our spiritual gifts might be is to take an inventory. And there should be a QR code, pop, voila, there it is. Uh, please scan that with your phone and it will take you to an online inventory that will begin to point you in the direction of what your gift or gifts might be. The, the way you ultimately discover how you've been gifted is to get out there and do it. It's, it's in the doing of something that we learn, yes, I, I've been wired in such a way that I do this and it's fulfilling and the people around me are affirming me. That's, that's really the acid test. But this is a great starting place just to get us pointed in the right direction. Also, at the close of the service today, out in the West Atrium, and those of you over in the East, you'll need to make your way over here to the West Atrium. Kasha Glass, uh, our uh, adult coordinator, uh, our coordinator for adult ministries is there. She's going to be teaching a class on spiritual gifts. And if you've ever sat in one of Kasha's classes, uh, you know it's, it's just a, a wonderful experience. Wise woman with lots of good stuff to share. Make your way out there and sign up and begin to learn. And third, read those four chapters that we referenced earlier, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, Ephesians 4, and 1 Peter 4. So that over the next several weeks, as Pastor Ken begins to take us deeper into our understanding, we're right there with him and ready to go. 
It's a fundamental truth of the Christian life that God's love always comes to us on its way to somebody else. And one of the primary ways we show that love is by exercising the spiritual gift that we've been given. Amen? Let's pray. Father, how grateful we are that you've invited us to be a part of what you're up to. That you're not doing all of it and leaving us on the sidelines. No, we're, we're invited to jump right in. And so, Lord, give us grace to respond to that call. Give us understanding to begin to learn how we've been gifted. And then, God, fill our hearts with love your love, because that is what will ultimately motivate us to fulfill your purposes, to love as you loved. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen.